So we're being really transparent in our show. So I'm going to ask you... Uh... By the way, I don't like that lead into that question. It's quite scary. <laughs> okay, maybe it was a tad sinister, but it usually is a sign of a good question coming your way. Hi there, everybody. Martin here, and welcome to episode 16 of the Startup Diary, where in today's episode, we're going to be talking about seed funding. We've touched on this slightly last episode, but because it was such a massive point of conflict for Adam, I asked him again, why did he stop consulting? The reason I stopped consulting is it comes down to focus. Um, if you're doing consultancy, then you have multiple bosses. Yep. And that time was being taken away from the bigger business that I wanted to build. The purpose I did consulting was to bring revenue to build the business, not to become a consultant for the rest of my life. So I needed to put a stop to it. With that covered, I wanted to know a little bit more about the seed funding process itself and dig into what it really entails. It's a term that gets banded about very readily in startup circles. So for my own clarity and for our listeners, let's see what Adam had to say of his experience, what he decided to take on seed funding when he did, and even how much we raised at the time. For anyone that wants to know about how funding works, just some kind of a quick overview, is you tend to go through different funding stages. That's why you'll hear A rounds, B rounds, C rounds, but it starts off with seed funding. That's the initial investment that goes into a company. Um, so you'll hear companies be at seed stage and that means they're just taking on some seed funding and then they go to A rounds, B rounds and they pr- should do, they should progressively get bigger in terms of value of the company. So when I stopped the consulting, obviously when you stop consulting, you're just trading time for money all the time. So when you stop working and stop doing that consulting, the money stops as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously to keep the business growing and to keep it alive, we obviously need revenue through the door. The business itself was um, non-revenue making at the time. We were, too, we were busy focused on the community side and building a platform. So we needed to keep the lights on. So we did the consulting to keep the lights on, but it was becoming a distraction. So the other option for us was to actually go and raise some seed funding. So what that involved was finding someone that believed in the mission that believed in it to the point where they were going to put their hand in their pocket and give us some cash. And for that cash, they would get equity in return. Um, So that's sort of what seed funding is. And the reasons we did it was purely just so we can focus purely on the business rather than having 10 clients doing the consulting work. Why then? What was the trigger for you to think this is the right time to start finding seed funding? That's a really good question. So I think the real reason was when I decided to take a step back and review what work I was actually doing, I was following some core metrics of the startup, the business that we're in today. And I didn't really review those week on week. And it took three, four months worth of just purely nearly doing consulting full time to say, actually, let me look at the metrics, the the core business I'm trying to build. How's that doing at the moment? I'm doing this consulting thing to grow the business. Is the business growing? When I looked at the numbers, I realized that it just been completely standing still for three months yeah and that was alarm bells for me i think that was the point where i second guessed the reason for the consulting and it kind of made me think yes it's kept us alive but it hasn't resulted in what i really wanted to do was to, to grow the business so at that point i started looking for other options so we're being really transparent in our show so i'm going to ask you uh... <laughs> by the way i don't like that lead into that question it's quite scary <laughs> so uh can i ask how much it was how much the seed funding was in our first investment yeah, we raised £60,000 in our okay. first seed round. I'm not sure whether we're allowed to say that, but hey, it's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, we raised 60 k Okay. Was that uh, where you th- where you wanted it to be at, or did you do some sort of, uh, were you fighting for that sort of thing, or was that sort of what the first offer was? What was it's, it, yeah, it's a really good question in terms of like, how much do you raise? Yeah. So 
in its simplest term, you raise as little as possible to what you need to get to the next step in the business. So for us, 60K wouldn't get us to a business that we can scale up. But when you get in seed funding, don't forget that you're also given equity back. Right. So we could have we could have raised 150, 200K at that point in time from the same people. But that would have meant us given three, four times the amount of equity. Whereas I was a big believer in the fact that that 60K would get us to our next milestone. So we could improve, get traction, get the metrics we needed to then go and raise a larger round later on at a higher valuation. That's super key. So you need to raise as much as you can to get the job done and retain as much equity as possible. It's that balancing act you've got to work out. So we just did some kind of simple maths and said, okay, here's the milestones we want to hit. Here's the money that we need, uh, salaries, overheads, um, sales and marketing, bits like that. And we kind of came to this number that 60K would get us to the next milestone. So we went out, we didn't want to take anything less and we didn't want anything more. Um, and we wanted the valuation we went out at. What was that milestone? Okay, so the milestone back then, I was just going to, going to the milestones now the milestone back then was just purely to have proof of concept it wasn't even revenue at that point in time it was to show that we have built a platform that is sticky and the users like it and to just show a a basic understanding of the funnel that we're working with so if we spend two pounds on marketing five pounds ten pounds whatever it is we've talked about this a lot (laughs) exactly yeah we're real data driven now it's got like it's 10 times more important than it used to be because we're a SaaS company we needed to get an understanding of our data what we spend on marketing how that translates to the community and then we need to show that we understand the community they love our product they come back to us every single day we know the hopes and the fears of every member of uh, the service that we run and then from there we can start layering in products and services in its kind of simplest terms it was a land grab at that time there's no service out there in the industry that we work in that's doing the similar thing to us in the way that we wanted to do it so we just wanted to show that this idea had legs so we needed to build the community build the platform and just show any future investors that we are a team that can execute. Like we set out to do X, Y, and Z. We failed in these three areas, but mm-hmm. here's what we learned. Here's how we improved. And now we want to get this larger sum of money to scale it up. So it was purely just to get traction for us at that time. If you'd have had a product at that time, because you obviously mentioned that it was a concept for you at the time. Yep. Would that have changed your mind of on the decision of when you looked for seed investment? So if we'd had a product that we sold? At the time, yeah. Yeah, it would have just because... Having a product and having something to sell naturally is me as a salesperson. Mm-hmm. If I had something to sell, I probably would have taken less money. Well, 100% would have taken less money because it just would have meant to stay alive, to put bread on the table. I just need to go and sell more of my widget, more of my product. But because we weren't in the position that we didn't have anything physically to sell, and we didn't have a community or, or a base of uh, potential customers. So here's what it really is. We didn't have an understanding of how much it would be to acquire a customer for the services we were thinking at that point in time. So we had two, three different services we were thinking about building and we had no idea how much it would cost to acquire those customers. We used that 60K to test that. Yeah, we probably would have taken less money if at that point in time we were selling something, we had some understanding. It comes down to the data. When we raised in March, was it last year? Yeah, last year. Um, if we'd known, oh, for 10Ks worth of um, marketing, we can generate this many customers and it was lifetime revenue of this. Mm-hmm. We're in a much stronger position um, to kind of forecast the life cycle of the company, but we just weren't there at that point. So we've covered the what and the when, but we haven't quite covered the where just yet. So next, I asked a little bit more about how Adam found the right investors and if he had any tips for any of our listeners. Yeah, it was actually an interesting one. So during the consultancy work that I was doing, I did speak about the fact that these guys and gals that I was working with, I actually wanted to do future work with because it was in the same industry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I spent a lot of time 
just working very closely because the way things happen as a consultant, you actually get access to people fairly senior in the company. As soon as you get a tag as a consultant, regardless of your age, I mean, I was 20, I was 24 years old and being brought into a cons as a consultant role for some of the largest merchants and manufacturers in the country. And you get to sit with the sales director, you get to sit with the MD and you get to learn from these guys as well, ask them the questions and do your job. And it just happened through networking with people in the industry where you get to know them, you go out for meals, you go out for drinks, and then you find some people that you can trust and open up to and you think, oh, I'm thinking about stopping this, I do this thing on the side. And it just happened from just pure coincidence that one guy knew another guy who introduced me to another guy. And then I learned about seed funding. Was that from you being proactive though? Because I know you and I know you would just talk to anybody. Was that is that part and part of the consultancy itself or you being active, just talking and meeting people? It was partly planned in terms of I wanted my consultancy to step into the bigger business. Yeah. So I wasn't pitching on the investment that I was looking for, but I was always talking to people about the service that we run to just raise awareness of it. So it wasn't fresh on their radar in 12 months time when I actually wanted to sell them something that we do now. Um, so I was always talking to people about it um, and it just kept coming up in conversations, but it was more by, it was more by chance in the timings that it happened because it was just kind of this weird synergy of me learning about seed funding, because obviously you're doing the consulting, you're just learning what you're doing on the consultancy role day to day. And then at the same time, listening to podcasts, uh, audio books, learning about seed funding, the two kind of came together. It was like, actually, when I did this review of the metrics, sit back, I should probably think about the seed funding thing. And then the conversation started to go from, oh, here's this thing that I'm doing on the side to, oh, here's this thing that I'm doing. And after I finish with you, Mr. Client, I'm going to go and do this full time. Here's what I'm planning on doing. Right. And then I just gauged interest from people. If they thought they were interested, then I'd go down the route of, um, oh, let me come and talk to you about it. Let's have a meal. Da, da, da. Oh, I'm thinking about raising some investment now. It's going really well. Sell them on the dream. Then you get the opportunity to pitch. It might seem like once you've been funded, then you're set. But that couldn't be further from the truth. So to round it up, it seems only right to ask more about what were some of the biggest changes that Adam faced once the funding had been given the go-ahead. Once that had been finalized, did, did that change, not so much the milestone, but sort of the progression of where your mind was in that moment? Yeah, to be honest, because it was the first time I'd taken money from people that I'd barely even known. Obviously, we we, we met, we pitched, uh, we did all of that. And I know we'll cover that in a future episodes about what it's like to pitch and bits like that. But when someone gives you money for equity, that's someone else that's buying into your vision. And everything that you've told them, everything that you've pitched them on, you now need to deliver, not just for yourself. When you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, you can say, I'm doing a good job, doing a bad job. But now you've got responsibility to investors. Yeah. And that's why it's super key to get people that believe in the mission and the, the way that you want to get there. And what I mean by that is, if you get investors on board that think, yeah, you've got a great idea, and they think you're going to exit in three years where you actually want to do this business for the next 50. It's such a bad match that there's going to be so many complications down the road. You just need to make sure that your investors are aligned with what you want to do. We did that fairly well. Uh, we got some great investors on board that basically said it wasn't necessarily the vision from the feedback we got three months later after we got a bit more friendly. It was more investing in myself, 50% in what we're doing, more investing in me. They understand that we might pivot and make some changes, but they'd just seen the last 12 months track record of pivoting to try and get to the right position. So they said, mm, we know you're going to play in this space. It might not be what you've pitched us on, but we think you're going to get there at the end of the day. So that was a really good fit for us. But having to report back every month was one thing and like seed funding is one thing, VC funding is another. It's completely different types of reporting. But even back then, having to go and sit in a room with some people and say, oh, here's what I did this month. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And I was very accountable. In a positive way, it made me think about what I was doing a little bit more. But in a negative way, I spent too much time doing admin for those meetings compared to actually just 
doing what I wanted to do and get the job done. Which must have been quite a big switch considering that you were working at home a lot. Exactly. For yourself and then suddenly now you're back to reporting again. So the difference is the way I see it now is I didn't have a boss and the, the, the investors aren't your bosses. They're more like a personal trainer that's an accountability partner. It's kind of like you go and check in once a month and here's what I've done um, compared to every day, every week reporting in and getting a smack on the wrist. Yeah, so it was a, it was a mindset shift. It wasn't. It was positive overall, but I think... I got fairly lucky because I didn't know about finding the right investors and aligning with them and being transparent with the kind of the, what you want to do long term with the business. I got lucky with the guys that invested with us. But I can just imagine people going out seed funding if you don't get the right investors on board. The first bit of equity you're giving away in your business, it's it will be really exciting because this is someone that believes in what you're doing. But you're giving up equity and they're basically giving you money. Like 60k landed in my bank account uh, all in one go, and I was like holy shit, like, <laughs> that's someone that's just literally taken 60k out of their pocket or a couple of people and just sent it across because they believe in what we're doing. That's That feels great, but don't forget that they've got equity in the business and, well, raising the, the actual capital shouldn't be the end goal. It should be to get you to the next goal. It's like you were saying there with that milestone thing again, yeah. Exactly. It's part of the journey. It's not the goal. So just get some people that are aligned because I, I just know how difficult it would be if these guys all of a sudden said, oh, Adam, you said you're going to be exiting in two years. And then every month when they're sitting on the board meetings now, they're pressing me for that. I just wouldn't enjoy it. Okay. And, I, and I want to enjoy what I'm doing. So looking back, um, what was the, the biggest mistake you made during the whole thing? Okay, so the biggest mistake that I made was not pitching lots of people. So the track record of where we are today is we have, in total, from Angel to VC, we have pitched five people in the seed round. Every single one of them invested. We pitched four people in the VC round. Every single one of them invested. Now, I got some great advice that just close rounds fast because you don't want to spend all your time raising money. You want to go and build the business. But there is a balance, and I took that, I took that way too far. I could close the round. I saw the opportunity. These guys were right. I closed the deal and then moved on. But as with any sales tactic, if someone wants to invest and they're the only dog in the race, you should put another dog in the race to try and raise the valuation. So if I could go back, I would then say, great, keep those guys nice and warm and spend more of my time for that two-month period meeting as many people as I can, knowing that I've locked in this valuation at X, go mm -hmm. and speak to the next person, have it at X plus 100 right. or X plus 500 and just go down that route. The biggest mistake I made was closing deals before bringing as many people into the race as possible. And that's true with the seed round. It's half true with the seed uh, with the VC round, but we'll get into that in a future show. But the biggest mistake I made on the seed round, because that's what we're talking about, was not putting more dogs in the race. Seed funding can be a huge part of a startup. It certainly was for us. So we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And as always, thank you very much for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time on The Startup Diary.